Hi, this is Colin Shaw. Everyone at Beyond Philosophy are really proud that we've been recognised by the Financial Times as one of the best management consultancies in the UK. To celebrate, for a limited time, I'm offering to have a quick call with anybody who has any questions on how they can improve their customer experience. No obligation, just a genuine offer to try to help. Just wait till after the show and I'll give you the URL where you can book a quick call. Thanks very much. Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line by embracing behavioral economics. And now, here are your hosts, world-renowned thought leader on customer experience, Colin Shaw, and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. So when you're talking about facial recognition, effectively we're talking about the technology, but the technology is advanced now so we can actually see how a person is feeling. Interestingly, what I read recently in uh, India, police were able to track 3,000 missing children and match them with their family. Clearly, people want to do research. But at the moment, when you're doing research, you are asking a customer their opinion of how they're feeling. You know, Ryan, there are some times when I'm sitting at home and my good lady wife turns around to me and says, how are you feeling? And I say, I'm feeling fine. And she says to me, no, you're not. I'm sure this has never, ever happened to you. Do those uh, happen to occur frequently after you and I have spoken on the phone? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. It's that feeling of uh, rage that I get after speaking to you. <laughs> yeah, no, I've seen it before. Colin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very good at hiding my emotions. Yeah, so over the years, it's obviously these types of things that have made me start to think about, well, what is all of that about? How can people tell when, you know, when when you've got somebody that you know and they really know how you're feeling and what are they actually looking at and what am I giving away that, you know, that actually somebody can interpret it that and, and look at, I guess the key thing for me is this authentic emotion as opposed to the emotion I want people to feel. Maybe it's sitting in that darkened corner of the room when everyone else is having a really good time and you're thinking to yourself, I really don't want to be here, but I must show your smile on my face showing that I'm happy. That's right. And if anybody asks you, that's what you're going to report, that everything's fine. And Everything's fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely wonderful. So we've had a few emails in from listeners asking about how to measure customer emotions. So I thought I'd bring on board today Beyond Philosophy's expert on that. That's um, Zecho Dobrev. Say hi, Zecho. Hey, hey everyone. Hey, Colin. Hey, Ryan. Hi, Zecho. Nice to talk to you again. So I know this has never happened with you, Zecho, where uh, Deanne has been able to to tell you how you're you're feeling when you're when you're maybe watching the football and the, the baby's making too much noise or something like that. Oh yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> I just talk her play <laughs> football and like she's no. <laughs> but you know, um, when you said this, that it just made me think that in order that we as people we start to learn these things as we're you know children. And we develop this emotional intelligence over time where we are able to understand how other people feel. Obviously, some develop it more than others. So that's called emotional intelligence. 
But, you know, surprise, surprise, now machines are starting to do that as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. So today we're going to talk a little bit about emotional measurement and and some of the sort of the latest developments and a bit about how we're using this to measure customer emotions. So maybe let's, Zacho, let's start off by just talking about what do we mean by authentic emotion measurement? Where does facial recognition fit into it all and all those other wonderful, wonderful things? Sure. First, it, it started with facial recognition. So facial recognition just obviously recognizes your face. And nowadays, it's getting a lot of traction. You know, the origins, we could talk about it and we could trace it all the way back to Darwin. But most recently in the 70s, you know, some people develop a facial action coding system, which could identify basic like action units of, of your face and through that identify expressions but basically let's just distinguish the terms so facial expression is like where you recognize your faces so like apple samsung you can unlock your phone with the faces you know interestingly some companies like in china like kfc you can pay with your face and uh, and with a smile it started to use a lot in in security so for example medicine square garden there was recently articles that you know they're using this facial recognition maybe most people in the states will have heard the data you can now check in at delta at some airports like atlanta and i think recently detroit just with you know with your face so that's like facial recognition so it recognizes your face so this is me on my iPhone 10 where I don't need the password anymore. I just look at it and it scans my face and I'm in. Absolutely. And then for me, <laughs> as, as customer experience people who only think about this and obviously, you know, been thinking about emotions and talking emotions all the time. So what is missing in that is, is the is emotion. And so, you know, some niche companies started to look beyond the facial expressions and start to look at facial emotion recognition. Now, that opens, so not only you recognize the face, but you recognize how, how people feel, actually, without asking them and in real time. So that's, you know, for customer experience people, that opens a whole lot of opportunities. So when you're talking about facial recognition, effectively, we're talking about the technology, but the technology is advanced now. So we can actually see through, I think it's called micro expressions, how a customer's feeling or how a person is feeling. And obviously, in our context, we're using that in a customer environment. Yes. To give you some interesting examples of this and, and actually stories, People are starting to use this technology more and more. But interestingly, what I read recently in uh, India, in Delhi, police were able to track 3,000 missing children in just four days and match them with their family. You know, they have a huge problem with that. And I also read in China, they were able to track a mentally ill man and, and bring him together with his brother using his picture. So in the security area, people are already using this, this technology. But then, you know, when we talk about emotions, uh, probably it, uh, some companies are already looking at that, but it's still uh, an area of a big opportunity. So Zetra, you, you know a lot more about this than I do. There's kind of two ways of interpreting emotions or signaling emotions. There's the 
the overt emotion that somebody puts on their face. So I, I want you to know that I'm happy. And so I'm smiling and my, you know, my eyes crinkle. And, but then Colin also mentioned micro expressions. So I don't know if, if you want to talk about kind of the difference between those and is it the same technology, the same kind of software that can interpret both of those or those, do those tend to be different tools and different applications? Uh, well, the, yes. Um, so let me, let me tell you. So, um, the software depicts like the main emotion, but like there could be some micro expressions that give you so main emotion is surprised, but there is also 23% anger in there, right? Oh, interesting. So it gives you a breakdown. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. So this is a little bit where technical data kind of needs uh, a little bit of our experience to kind of like uh, be able to decode it and, and see what it means and what organizations can do. So, you know, the data would just tell you main emotion is this and there will be like percentages of, of other emotions. So that's where the micro expressions go. And, you know, a, an emotion is essentially a combination of a number of, uh, of, of micro expressions. Since you mentioned this, Ryan, there's something else which is interesting because some people may not be that visual in their expressions, uh, but they could still feel emotions. It's just that not showing it. So there's another bit of tools that you could use, which is GSR, Galvanic Skin Response, where if you just put like a wrist-based device on people's hands, you could measure the magnitude of the emotion, the extent of the emotion. So kind of like the peak end rule that you guys talk, we could measure, so we could see like this person is feeling sadness at this point, joy at this other point, you know, happy at this point, and so on. But what's the magnitude of uh, of those? And, and so, you know, this kind of thing could tell us that. And some people may have like what is known like the poker face, but they would still feel these, you know, few emotions. So we could look at those uh, emotional peaks, if you like. And those that's those that show when the gamblers talk about those being tells, don't they? So, in other words, that's why you see a lot of these professional gamblers wearing sunglasses and hats and you know various other things to to stop those micro expressions showing and people noticing them. Yes, exactly. But what's interesting about the GSR because it's about the skin, and again, this is kind of like what you guys are talking. It's because this happens at a subconscious level, but at a level that, you know, the brain is not really controlling. So kind of like very, what's the word, like, um, uh, you know, not controlled. Automatic. Yes. <laughs> you can tell You can tell the Ryan's a professor, can't you? Yes, because he yes. comes up with words like automatic. Yes. Uh, yeah, five exactly. years of advanced study, guys, for that. <laughs> You're welcome. Yes, absolutely. Um, so uh, just to keep everybody up to speed, galvanic skin reactants or resistance is the idea that when you are in the state of arousal, so when you're, like like Zetra was talking about, when you're feeling something more intensely, your body just physiologically reacts to that and will release a little bit of sweat. So it essentially changes the ability of your skin to conduct electricity. So if they run a very, very low amount of electricity across your skin, you wouldn't even feel it. They can measure the difference in electric resistance across your skin. And it correlates with this intensity of emotion. I hadn't heard about that, Zetjo, that people are pairing that galvanic skin resistance, the GSR, which is a very old technology, dates back to the, I think, the 50s or 60s, and matching that with the facial recognition so they can get both the emotion and the intensity. That's really interesting. That's cool. 
think the issue is, I mean, if we take a step back, the issue is that clearly people want to do research. But clearly, at the moment, when you're doing research, you are asking a customer, particularly if you're measuring emotions, you're asking a customer their opinion of how they're feeling. And typically, if the research is happening after the event, you know, you're asking their opinion of how they felt of an experience two weeks ago, you know, a week ago, a day ago. Yeah, we, we call that retrospective. You're welcome. Another fancy word for you. Yeah, thank you very much. Yes, yeah. I tell you, yeah. your education was definitely worth the money, wasn't it? Yeah, it's good we have a professor. So I'm going to go ahead and sign off. I've given you guys <laughs> a couple of fancy words, and you're welcome. No, but I mean, joking aside, your your point is exactly right. Like now we're we're not just measuring emotion; we're measuring the memory of emotion, and we've talked about how tricky memory can be. Yeah, and that, so the key part for us is that that clearly is you know like the only way of doing it i mean you can put people in mri scanners and and see their brain patterns and everything else but you know anybody that's been in one of those know that they're bloody huge machines and everything else so the challenge for us has always been how can you get and the key word for me here is authentic emotions so goes back to that tell yeah which is how do you actually really tell what the person's feeling like rather than what they're reporting that they're feeling like yes absolutely so you know there's been this challenge that sometimes because we've been measuring emotions since 2005 essentially through lots of surveys and you know from time to time we had people challenge well you know will be people be able to recall these and emotions but now it's getting even harder to get people to answer surveys and 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 you know the challenge that i got was like about a year year and something ago when i was in china and there was a guy from a building company who had a showroom where they would show people houses, etc. who was, you know, kind of ahead of probably his time. But, you know, nowadays, you know, there's a lot of talk and a lot of investment in artificial intelligence in China. And when we were talking about measuring emotions, he said that he didn't want to do it with a survey. And the answer then was, well, actually, now nowadays, actually, you have this facial emotion recognition. So this is where I started to really dig into that and, and, and see, you know, who is using it, how could it be used, um, you know, who are at the front of that. And basically that's like, Colin, you said the word there is authentic and it's real time and emotions change in, in a matter of, of seconds. So, Zecho, can you just talk, I'm sure people are listening to this thinking this is really interesting, but, you know, what, What's the sort of the application of it? What? How does this? How does it work? Can you give people a practical example of this? Yes. Well, first, so what can you use this for? So, um, obviously, measuring. You know, lots of organizations now. You know, pay a lot to measure customer experience. They've been using all kinds of metric. But again, as you discussed, that relies on, on surveys and um, emotions are a big part, as, as you, you've been talking for so many years, of the experience. But hardly anyone is measuring emotions and, you know, they're, you know, big driver of, of our behavior. So one of the ways is that you could measure the customer ex- experience and emotion as people walking through the door, as people go in different sections, areas of your 
shops, offices, space, etc. You can also measure em- employee emotions as well. So measuring those emotions and also in real time in different places and also when people leave is one thing. Then again, we talk a lot about digital experiences. Sorry, let me just stop you there. So, so just again, so the listener is clear. So that's around having cameras in different parts of that environment. And in fact, Lorraine, my wife, only the other day went into, um, this is in, in the UK, she went into a store and it said, um, you know, not only, I think it's fairly common, people talking about being observed by CCTV, but they also had a sign up saying that facial recognition, you know, was in, in place because, you know, they're concerned about theft and all those other things. So there was like warning signs. But effectively, we're talking about, having cameras in there that are recording the detail or or doing the recording. But an important perspective from a privacy perspective is that they're not recording that it's Bert Scroggins coming in here because the data is then all scrambled and it's only the emotional part of it or that the, the data part of it that is being looked at. Absolutely. So it could use it could use like CCTV and it could be done in real time or they could just you know, send a you know a fraction of the footage and be analyzed, and it will say twenty three percent this emotion, seventy three percent that emotion, and so on. It won't say Colin Show <laughs> felt, you know, so and so. But again, from a sorry to interrupt again, but from a practical perspective, that means that you can turn around and say we can identify how the customer is feeling walking into that experience we can identify how the customer is feeling during that interaction with the employee and we can identify how the customer is feeling walking out of that experience. So you can see the effect of that training or whatever else these people have been given. Yes, and it's also used So imagine like you go and you deliver a speech at conference. It could measure like your audience engagement and emotion. They've tested it with a teacher teaching in a class in India, was it, I think, India or China. And again, they could say like, you know, this this person is really interested in math and this other person, you know, gets really turned on when they talk about literature and so on. So you could, you know, you could use it on audiences as well. So what do you think about that, Ryan, for um, for Emery? Do you think that, that that would be something you'd enjoy to do? I find that idea very threatening. <laughs> move on. <laughs> I think I, I think I think I don't need micro expressions to see the glazed look on <laughs> my students' faces and know yeah. pretty you, much what they're you, feeling. You measure how affected you've been by the amount of eggs that have been thrown That's at right. you, don't you? <laughs> yeah. If you can make an omelet by the end of one of your presentations, then you, you, you know, know it's been a good one. Stop being funny. I, I know you're trying to tell a joke, but um. yeah, actually, I recently read an article about. Uh, uh, a professor of, uh, I think, in journalism, was it uh, in Mexico or somewhere, where basically he was like so discouraged by the lack of attention of people in some of the basic tasks that they gave him that he was about to quit, basically, because everyone is on on their phones and everything. So, yeah, like I, I, said, I know that's not the case with Ryan. Not anyway. funny. Let's not talk about it. So I, I mean, I'll be honest. I, 
I'm shocked by just this conversation, how far the technology has come. This is not a research tool that I've used in, in the past. I had pictured these things as still being kind of localized to a computer screen, and we're going to need to very carefully monitor the face from multiple angles, and etc. It sounds like it's progressed to the point where we're comfortable doing this in real time using you know, the relatively low-res security-type cameras? Absolutely. I, I did a test, and this is not the other thing. I did actually multiple tests. It's really easy. So um, I did a test of a mobile app. So because I needed the camera, I connected a, a program with, with the phone because I wanted to capture what I'm looking on the phone and also record it with, with a computer. So um, I plugged the phone with the computer. I used the software that basically captures the, the screen on the phone to the computer. And the computer basically, was it the computer or my phone now? I forget. I recorded basically, you know, my, a video of me, what I'm doing. Then we analyzed it and it was able to say at which moment, what emotions I was feeling. And there was a moment where the app took too long and there was the, you know, emotion of, I forget what it was, like bored or, or something. And then at the end, for example, I made a payment, but I did not get a confirmation of, of the payment. I didn't get that sort of a screen. And so there was a, a little bit of, uh, of, of kind of like a fear, you know, it sounds like sort of fear, like, you know, did it actually go through or not? Then for a telecom company, we went to, um, to see some of their ads on YouTube. And then, you know, we just found the moment where it was like hard to actually find their ad. And I went to their website. So, and at the end, this was just like a short video. And at the end, I got all the data that said, you know, what emotions at which point, you know, how strongly it was felt. And it was all done in, in, in really automatically and in, in minutes. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's really simple now. It's a bit like this technology that we're using to record this podcast in the sense that clearly it just streams now. You've got to be able to have a clear view of somebody's face, okay? So there were obvious things like that, but you can stream it. So if you're in a store or something like that, you can stream it. You can have a camera looking at the employee. You can have a camera looking at the, the customer. But the other part is from a digital experience. So people would have heard me talk about from a digital transformation, which has been the sort of the buzzword over the last 18 months, is, you know, people transforming their digital experience or their experience and digitalizing it. Therefore, another way that we've been using it has been to record or do a measurement on the existing experience. Now get some people in a room and show them the, the new experience and then record those emotions before you finally end up rolling it out. So it's been used in advertising and that over the years, but the way that we've started to use it has been in you know, the digital transformation space and looking up if you're going on board and booking a booking an appointment online with a, for a customer or a customer buying a product, you know, uh, how does the customer feel through all of that that experience? So yeah, it's been it's been really interesting. Yes, and so when you combine it, like this example, Colin, that you mentioned, when you combine that with eye tracking, so it can not only tell you that customers feel what emotion in certain place, but when you also use eye tracking, you can kind of find the root cause of that. Like you want customers to look at this, but actually they're looking at something else. And you can see how long they're looking at something, et cetera, et cetera. And then again, with the GSR that we, you know, the galvanic skin response, you can also measure the extent of, of the emotion. 
So you can also say like you're designing something, but is it evoking some the emotions that you want? What emotions is it evoking? Is it, you know, typically there's always some some emotions involved. So digital is, is one, but, you know, when you're designing, you know, like you said, it's being used by marketing, but there's a lot of content, a lot of digital content. So even for marketers, if you're making a video, it will be really useful for you. And again, you guys have been talking how important is the peak and rule. So it's really important to kind of like nail the ending and see what should be the ending, how long should that ending be, because you want um, to end on this high point. So just today, actually, you know, Super Bowl was uh, on Monday. Just today, you know, I was looking at some of the ads. And so now there's, you know, obviously people who measure it, uh, the engagement with the different ads. So, so one article named uh, the MMs ads as, as the one, and actually they're looking at this using this sort of technology. They're looking at the emotional engagement. They're looking at the attention of, of people and so on. And they said that the big bang for them came at the end because it was, it was funny. But that's where, you know, when people were at this high emotional arousal, that's where they show the brand. And so they ended up on, on this high. And that was, that was the ad that they said in their measurement perform the, the best. Okay, so I think we're going to get to the end here, um, Zacho and Ryan. So usual question, what does this mean that people should do? So, you know, interesting discussion. And as you said, Ryan, the, the technology's moved on a hell of a lot, but what should people be doing? Zacho, any, any thoughts on that? As we said, it could be used when you're designing a new experience, a new product. So, you know, some pharmaceutical companies have literally built small pharmacies where people with these sort of, you know, eye tracking glasses and, you know, emotional facial expressions, they're looking at what they see first, second, third, what's their um, reaction to to packaging and so on. It could be used to assess digital experiences as simple as, as apps, and it could be done really simple. You could get a few customers to come to a place or they could even do it at home, like in this example that, that I told you. You could use it in retail to measure the experiences. 7-Eleven introducing that in Thailand, uh, uh, Japan, and so on, where they could assess the different you know areas of their shop. They could assess how customers are feeling. They could assess staff activities and so on. So there's a, a number of things uh, and applications that it could be used. And some organizations are going even further. Kia is exploring in a world where you know, most of the cars are driven by, you know, without drivers, how to change the mood of, of customers. So, but probably that's a step too far or, you know, we don't know whether that's the right thing or not. But basically, there's a lot of applications. I've met some really miserable taxi drivers in my time, <laughs> I have to tell you that. Any thoughts from you, Ryan? What, what should people be doing? A couple. So one, so as Echo mentioned at the beginning, kind of, the evolutionary imperative of, of the reason that we are good at recognizing faces and that now technology is, is coming on. He also mentioned emotional intelligence. Now that varies by person. You know, part of the purpose of designing CX from the top down or from, you know, even things like sales training, there are people who intuitively just get this stuff. There are people who have really high emotional intelligence. 
the advantage of using tools like this is that it kind of levels the playing field for the rest of us. I wouldn't consider myself to be extremely emotionally intelligent. And so to be in an environment where somebody could say, okay, most people who are going to be coming into this situation are going to be feeling this. And that would give me the opportunity, right? I'm not one of those high-end poker players where I can see through the sunglasses and the hat and, and tell exactly what you're feeling. And so the, the idea that, that technology could give me the tools to better interact with people is, is actually pretty exciting. I think that's cool. Yeah, no, it's a good good point. Yeah, good point. Absolutely. I, and I think lastly, from my perspective, is the frustration that we've had is, as over the time has been, you know, you believe that customers have emotions because they're people, and therefore you want to measure that. The challenge has been it's self-reporting, and therefore, you know, that's got some inherent dangers with it. So the really good thing is that you can now start to really put some facts behind it, as I think you're both saying there. So the good news is that we're at the infancy of this, and, and therefore what I would suggest that people do is that they really start to think about how this technology is going to take hold. You know it's going to be pretty mainstream if Apple are starting to use it and they're talking about the fact that actually you won't ever need to remember a password again because it will just be your face that opens everything. So it's going to become pretty mainstream. There's no doubt about that. And it, for me, it's about getting ahead of that curve. So just to wind this up, if people are interested in this, Zecho and I are actually running a webinar on this on uh, March 13th at 11 o'clock Eastern time. One of the challenges with podcasts is you can't show pictures of things and explain things in more depth. So we are going to be running a webinar on March 13th at uh, 11 o'clock. 2019, since this podcast will undoubtedly be a classic that people listen to for decades to come. It will be. It will be. <laughs> in fact, they'll play it in 100 years' time and go, do you remember when these blokes talked about this subject? <laughs> Um, so yeah, if you want to, if you go to beyondphilosophy.com, then you can navigate your way to the webinars and, and sign up there, or just drop us an email at contact at beyondphilosophy.com and we'll send you a link to, uh, to register. So thank you, Zacho, for coming along today. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> yeah, been, been very good. Thank you, Ryan, for teaching me some really important big words that professors use. That's really good. I'm going to take, take away those and take them to heart. Uh, perfunctory. There you go. That's one more for the road. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. I shall go and look up perfunctory with a cup of tea and a biscuit. And when I say a biscuit, I'm now talking English English, which actually means a cookie. So just <laughs> I, doing translation. I have so much to learn from you, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We look forward to um, you joining us uh, next week on The Intuitive Customer. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Colin. I said I'd be back with you after the show with the URL where you can book a quick call with me. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com backslash meeting. That's beyondphilosophy.com backslash meeting. Please remember this is only for a limited time only, so I would recommend that you book as soon as you can. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. This has been The Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast.
And we'll talk with you next time on The Intuitive Customer.